Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Odd Couple Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the Odd Couple. Neither one of those guys are here, but I'm Martin Weiss. Joined with my man Bernie Fratto. The Odd Couple crew is in the building. DJ Alex, yes, sir. My man Danny G, not Rob G, my man Danny G. And B-Fin on the updates. Bernie, Bernie, my man, it's July 15th. Who doesn't love doing sports talk radio in the middle of July? I mean, look, there's no necessarily NBA going on. There's no NFL going on. Zero. But you know what's happening right now, Bernie? As, as Odd Couple friend uh, Andrew Brandt would tell you, the business of sport is happening. This is when the actual business decisions are occurring, right? We see it all the time. You'll see it in Vegas. I'm straight out of Vegas right now, actually, just like the show before us, Adam Sue. Silver is over there. You know, everybody, all 30 teams, all everybody, all the stars are out walking in between the Thomas and Mack and Cox Pavilion Centers. I mean, you got the live tour going on. But, Bernie, I mean, they said the, the business decision is when somebody gets out of the way of the dunk. The true business decision 
is going to happen somewhere in Vegas as the NBA free agency is heating up. But as you said, there's so much going on today in the world of sport. Well, Martin, good to be with you. Uh, we may not be the odd couple, and I don't think we are an odd couple. We're both Michiganders, and uh, the sports calendar never slows down there. And as we talked about before, look, I, I, I'm odd in the sense that July might be my favorite month to do sports talk, and I've been doing sports talk since the mid-'90s because you're not just relegated to game time react. And I don't ever believe there's a slow time in sports. And as you pointed out, there's some big-time stories gracing the airwaves right now. And they're not just big-time stories. They're impactful. They're influential. They're potentially historic. They'll have ripple effects. They'll have residual effects for years to come. For instance, the NFL and the Deshaun Watson situation. We'll get to that later in the show in depth, but think about it. This has become a referendum on how is the NFL and their official position Regarding and are they willing to take a stand against cases of sexual misconduct? This is being watched. So whether or not the suspension is too light or too heavy, there's going to be uh, a lot of opinions here. And I, I think now, Martin, it's been relegated to a PR maneuver. It's all about optics and protecting the image of the shield. Well, go ahead. Not only that, you have the idea that Deshaun Watson signed the most, the richest contract in NFL history. Right? That's the other shoe uh, on that foot. Thousand percent. And speaking of money, look at the Live Tour. The PGA can scoff at the Live Tour like they tried to a few weeks ago, like the AFL did to the NFL back in the 1960s. But the, the, the PGA, they've already engaged in defensive maneuvers and reactions. And here's why. You get a guy, Charles Schwartzel, comes out and wins the first tournament in London. Now, Charles Schwartzel, in the last four years, had entered 56 tournaments, missed the cut 27 times, made a grand total of $3 million in his entire career. On one Sunday in London, he made $4.7 million. You can't do that every day. Now the Live Tour is talking to Charles Barkley. I'm not sure in what capacity. I don't think he's going to play. Not with that swing. Looks like he's trying to kill a snake in a phone booth. But you you line up with Charles Barkley. That's major star power. Then we talked about the USC... UCLA entry into the Big Ten. Look, sports evolves. This is a tough one for some people to follow. The world evolves. We used to we used to fight wars with a single shot rifle. Everything changes, but this has really got a lot of multi layers. I'll tell you why. Because people are a little upset about the regional aspect. This is kind of an assault on tradition. But when you look at the fact that the UCLA Athletic Department was in financial tatters, upside down sixty five million, this saves them and could save potentially secondary sports like wrestling, soccer, and things of that nature. By the way, as you know, Martin, being from Big Ten country, the Big Ten Network's been ahead of its time for 15 years. Oh, yeah. why, did, why did they pick up Rutgers? That gave them a New York TV market. Why did they pick up Maryland? That gave them a Washington, D.C. TV market. Now they pick up USC, UCLA. They get the number two media market in the country. The next mega TV deal they're going to get is going to mean about $100 million per school, including USC and UCLA, they were getting about $28 million before. And last but not least, KD and Kyrie. Look, player empowerment, I don't know why everybody's got triggered on this one. Player empowerment is not a new thing. You, you remember John Elway? He didn't want to go to Indianapolis. Eli Manning and his dad said, we're not going to San Diego. 
But on the other hand, this hand-picked super team concept is starting to sink under its own weight. You know that Rob Parker's been very vocal in his dislike for these kind of contrivances for a long time, and they're not working. So I guess the bottom line, uh, Martin, is we've got a ton of stuff to get to, and it's all in July, which is supposed to be the slow month. No such thing as a slow month. And you know, one thing that you uh, neglected to mention right now, we have the Ben Simmons arbitration case uh, arbitration, uh, uh, between the Philadelphia 76ers and him. There's some $20 million on the floor. I just, I'll just like I said, I just left from Vegas. There are plenty, plenty of team governors who are very, very interested to see how this is going to come out with Ben Simmons, who, you know, didn't play for ostensibly the entire last season. Last time we saw him play, he was passing up. Uh, he's passing the ball to Matisse Tybel because he doesn't want to shoot free throws, right? Owed, you know, $20 million or so on his guaranteed contract, but didn't play. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out as well, especially talking about the player empowerment era of the NBA as we see KD and Kyrie uh, uh, running the show. Good on you for bringing up the Ben Simmons headline because it's been a non-headline. There's been very little buzz around this headline. Uh, I had a, I got to interview Ben Simmons at the at the uh, NBA Summer League four years ago. I liked him. I don't know what's gone on with his life. I don't know what's gone on with the situation between all the holdouts, the injuries. But here's the bottom line. Whatever the outcome of this case is, it's being described as an earthquake event. There are 29 other teams that are basically watching what happens here. So to your point, here's another situation involving player empowerment for a guy who hasn't even been on the floor for two years. I mean, and, and, and the thing I find fascinating, too. Okay, he hasn't been on the floor for so long, for very, very long time, right? However... He is a huge, huge. We're talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? Who wears the big KD Kyrie sweepstake? Is it even going to happen anymore? Is it like after after it's been so long since KD demanded his trade and Kyrie opted into his contract after trying to find a sign and trade partner? Well, here's the deal. You know, Ben Simmons is also able to be moved or not moved, right? Because he's just kind of, but he's a former number one overall pick in this league. And, you know, we had a whole bunch of conversation, obviously, should should Philadelphia move ben, James Harden for Ben Simmons and, you know, so on and so forth way back before he became, you know, before all of everything was going on. But it's just fascinating to see how the Brooklyn Nets have the entire, well, two things. Rudy Gobert getting traded for the haul that he got traded for and the Brooklyn Nets just have the NBA free agency, NBA trade market just in a complete standstill. I mean, it's it's more jammed up there than at the Port of Los Angeles trying to get stuff in the country. <laughs> right, so nice. The supply chain is shut down. Real quickly, final note on Ben Simmons. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, and again, they're – heading into this arbitration, and you know they got rope burns from the rosary because they don't want to write a $20 million check. $20 million went unpaid because Ben Simmons sat the first four months of the 21-22 regular season, but he wants to be paid for it. So league executives are really watching this. This is a story that hasn't gotten a lot of buzz, but I think it'll get a tremendous amount of buzz if the Philadelphia 76ers have to write that check. You bring up Rudy Gobert, and the Nets saw... What Utah got for Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Now, I am not of the belief that Kevin Durant, the KD sweepstakes, are over at all. I still think there could be three teams he could go to. Now, I know the Suns were one of the two teams on his short list, and now that the Suns matched DeAndre Ayton's offer, they can't trade Ayton anywhere until at least January 15th. But interestingly enough, 
Brooklyn never wanted DeAndre Ayton anyway, so I never thought that was a, I thought that was a non-starter. So the question is, can Phoenix still put together a Durant trade that works under the CBA? Well, they could package Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson, four draft picks. I think Brooklyn knows they are going to get a haul one way or the other. They're just being patient. There is no rush for them to do this deal. The other team on Miami's shortlist is the Miami Heat. Now, you may or may not know this, but here in Vegas on Monday, Sean Marks and Heat GM Andy Ellisberg were having dinner. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were talking about, you know, the new Top Gun movie. They well, were probably- yeah, I'm sure they weren't talking about, you know, should we go to the Usher residency tonight? That's it. Or do we go That's to the buffet it. at the Aria? What, you know, where are we at? The Dre's on Saturday, the beach party, or, you know, two changes performing. That was the conversation, I'm sure. Is that what it was? <laughs> Can we go catch Deanna and Celine Dion? Is she even here? All right, the long and the short of it is, that's a team, actually, who can offer Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry. Now, they'll have to match his salary. You throw in a Max Struess. Look, the bottom line is Durant wants to play with Kyle Lowry. So if he's sent to Miami and he's not with Kyle Lowry, he's not going to like that. But you can't have everything, right? And I really genuinely believe Durant wants the hell out of Brooklyn. There's another team that no one's talking about. You can't go to sleep on the Toronto Raptors. They're lurking around. They could deal uh, Pascal Siakam, perhaps Scotty Barnes, but he apparently is off the table for now. And so you can't, you know, go to sleep on any of these trades. I don't think any of them are dead. I will say this, though. There's no demand, from what I'm hearing, for Kyrie Irving, except for the Lakers. And the Lakers are playing hardball. And the Brooklyn Nets are basically saying, no, 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 no. We'll take Russell Westbrook off your hands. We're not giving you two first-round draft picks. See, no. Bernie, this is, the, this is the problem. It's like the housing market, right, right now. There's no demand for Kyrie Irving. But sure, everybody would like a Kyrie Irving, right? But, there's, you know, there's, there's – uh, let, me, let me think of how I want to phrase this. It's it's any market that is just it's just open right now, right? Like because everybody right now has this this vision of of you know hey you know I, I could buy any house that I want. I'm not you know they're getting out there, they're looking around, they see the the, the big the big houses, the, all the front lawns, all this. There and then then they start talking to realtors, and then they realize yo that house that you like over there. It's $1.5 million, and you only have about 500000 to play with, bro. And so what's ended up, what's really happening here is I think there's a ton of teams in the NBA that would love Kyrie Irving, just like there's a ton of, there's a ton of people in the, in the world that would love a $1.5 million house. I have to go ahead and disagree with you, you there, Bill Lumber. So? No, not at all. If Kyrie Irving showed up to work... Yeah. Well, that's what he hadn't gone Mahula the last two years for 19 different reasons. You can't not not show up to work and not call your boss. And then we got the vaccination thing, which I'm not going to go down that road. You got to show up to work, man. What's the old cliche? And I'm tired of hearing it. The big availability, the best best ability is availability. We all know the man can hoop. That's not an issue. And I, 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 frankly, I liked uh, um, uh, Uncle Drew too. But the long and the short of it is, you got to show up to work, man. He shot himself in the foot. Is is but is it more along the lines of? And you, you seem to be plugged. Is it more along the lines of? Uh, we don't want Kyrie at this price because of the, like because that's the real rub. Like in, in my opinion, well, that, that's you, part of it too, Martin. Right, that's what I'm that's saying. Part if of it you too. Were able to get just, the, I think it's, I think it's when you say nobody wants Kyrie. 
I think, in theory, there's a ton of people that would want him. However, with the cost that you're going to have to pay him, and that's that's where you run into this problem. I think that if, if Kyrie Irving was on a, on the vet mid-level, you know, he would be a sought-after sought okay. person. No? Okay, that's a horse of a different color. Fair. Here's the situation, though. The only t- Okay, there was talk that lasted about six seconds a few weeks ago that if Kyrie would not have opted back in, he could have signed with the Lakers in a veteran's exception Six million, six point three million dollars a year. We both know he was never going to do that. Right. So, th- would use the word in theory. People might want Kyrie. I don't know if they do or they don't. My response is this: Don't tell me. Show me. Show well, me. I'll I say I'm not seeing any offers. Well, we saw a period in time where literally nobody wanted Carmelo Anthony at any price. I think that's just, that's just, that's just the difference I'm trying to make. If if Kyrie was a f- expiring free agent this summer, I f- I feel confident he would be on an NBA team. I'm not sure if that might be a false equivalency because he didn't. Kyrie didn't get the vaccine, which was just more grist for the mill. Fair. And, and Carmelo did. And Carmelo is in the twilight of his career where he's. You're not going to bring him to be the guy or be Batman to Robin, Robin to Batman to win a championship. Kyrie, I, I really respect. I've never really particularly been a Carmelo fan, but I will say this. I respect what he did last year with the Lakers. He played hard. He showed up. He had some good games. He accepted his role like a true professional. He's a good man in the locker room, too. So you really can't compare the two. To your point, it looked for a long time like no one wanted him. Then he found a home. In theory, could Kyrie find a home? Yes, but theory doesn't play out when you hit the hardwood. Martin, why don't we take some calls? And I will say this. Let's ask the peeps. All of those four stories, or maybe you've got your own story, which one triggers you the most? Which one gets your ire up the most? And Martin, want to hear from you on it as well. 877 I'm sorry, 877-996-6369. It's the Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed from police brutality 
to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it. And I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's the Odd Couple, Martin Weiss and Bernie Fratto, in for Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. 877-99 on Fox. 877-99 on Fox. Give us a call. Bernie just laid out why July is the busiest month in the month of sports because the business of sport is going on. You got everything across the board going. But, Bernie, you said you wanted to fire on the topic that triggers yes. you the most. Well, I, I, before I mentioned uh, the Deshaun Watson case, the Live Tour, and KD Kyrie, the one that I think rouses me the most is the fact that USC and UCLA are leaving the Big Check that, the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. Only because of my history growing up in Southern California, I went to eight Rolls Bowls in a row, then living in Michigan in Big Ten country, Cutting my teeth at WTK in Ann Arbor in 1994, covering the Michigan Wolverines all the way up through the Tom Brady years. It's interesting. It's odd. It is creating a lot of consternation. We've got people on this network with polar opposite opinions. Some are very concerned about the tradition aspect, the regionality aspect. Certainly, what does it do to the rest of the Pac-12 conference They've got to backfill in. The, the, the point I'm making here, Martin, is this one seems to have ripple effects across the entire country 
and will affect a lot of other schools, a lot of other individuals, a lot of other athletic departments. What does a Pac-12 do? Are they going to add San Diego State? Are they going to try to add Houston, SMU, Boise State, Nevada? You know, I know UNLV would love to jump in there. Utah jumped from the Mountain West to the Pac-12 eight, nine years ago, and it's been a huge success for them. So you've got those issues. On the other hand, if you're the UCLA athletic department, you're happy because this may well have saved an athletic department who was completely in tatters, $65 million in debt, perhaps facing a situation where they'd have to cancel some women's sports, men's sports, who knows? And then there's the fandom and the questions about travel and the questions about rivalries and things of this nature and who might be next. People have talked about Stanford or Cal. I don't believe the Big Ten is interested in them. I know they're not interested in either Oregon school or either Washington school. It's about TV markets. So my quick knee-jerk reaction, Martin, as to which of these big stories gets my attention the most is USC-UCLA leaving because of the far-reaching ramifications for the next several decades. Well, you want to talk about far-reaching and have a uh, ripple effect across the country. Well, part of the reason why is because if you look at now the, the members of the Big Ten, it looks like the map of the Transatlantic Railroad. It goes all the way across the country. Like, I mean, yes. I mean, uh, and I, similar to you, cut my teeth in Ann Arbor, not necessarily on WTKA, but as a college student at the University of Michigan, graduated from there during Bernie, I'll have you know, the worst five year period of Michigan football in the history was that Brady of Hoke? Michigan football. I got my first game was Brady Hoke's first game. And so from then on, that five-year period, I went and looked it up. The winning percentage is lower than ever in that five-year period that I spent there. So don't call me a fairweather Michigan fan. I got none of the good stuff and all of the bad. <laughs> Those are the Stephen Threat years. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you want to talk about Stephen Three? As a quick aside, I'll never forget watching Wisconsin. The one time the read option worked with uh, – no, I'm sorry. My first game was Rich Rodriguez. Rodriguez' first game, and Brady oh. Hoke was on the way out. So that was 2008. They lost to Utah. I was, I was at the Utah game. Oh, But but I will tell you, Stephen Threat pulling the ball on the read option against Wisconsin, the number nine, I believe the 19th-ranked team in the nation right now. Michigan Stadium holds about 110,000 people, and, yep. 109, and 110,000 were confused. I had no idea what had happened. Why didn't the refs blow the ball blow the ball dead? Because Never the running that. back had gotten tackled seven like seven seconds ago. What's that? Stephen Three just wandering down the sideline and somehow didn't score on the play because he was that slow. So hold that thought. Uh, we've got a, a caller, uh, a gentleman. He wants to talk about the DeAndre Ayton situation. What I will do is put that under the Kyrie, check that, and try that again in English, the KD Kyrie category, because I do think they're joined at the hip somewhat. With Ayton staying with Phoenix and being matched, that throws a wrench into the KD sweepstakes having to go to Phoenix or at least could potentially delay it. Uh, let's go to Mason in Florida. Mason, welcome to Fox Sports Radio. You're on The Odd Couple. Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, I just uh, I also wanted to talk about the Kyrie uh, analogy you made earlier uh, with uh, comparing Kyrie to a one point five million dollar house. Yeah. Well, uh, I was thinking about it, and I think it'd be like more suitable to like compare him to like a timeshare because <laughs> you can only buy a, <laughs> when you buy a timeshare, you only get it like you, you know you may be only be able to live at the house like a certain time of the year and that's how that's how I see Kyrie. Hey, that's a great but, analogy uh, anyways, too because when you're on that timeshare, normally, normally you're on the beach. It's nice out there. But when you're not, you're yeah. really not. Yeah. So uh, my question is, is uh, you know, with uh, DeAndre Ayton, 
um, staying in Phoenix because I was I was almost sure Phoenix wasn't going to match his contract, but uh, they ended up doing that. Like, what's uh, Kevin Durant's chances of still going to Phoenix? Because I'd love to see KD in Phoenix. I just wanted to know if that was still possible or not. All right, thanks so much for the call, Mason. Yes, it's still possible. Uh, if DeAndre Ayton's going to be involved in the trade, then that can't happen until after January 15th because now he's been matched. However, Phoenix can still put together a package, including Mikael Bridges or Jay Crowder or Cameron Johnson, and then I think you would see a, it, the maximum of four draft picks. And remember, that's, that's the most you can give, and they can't be in consecutive years. They have to be every other year because you'd have a situation – I'm talking about first-round picks. You have to have a situation where the NBA uh, teams have at least one – first-round draft pick every other year. So to answer your question, Mason, yes, it's possible. It puts a monkey wrench into it, but it's not off of the table yet. Back to you, Martin, with respect. Well, so, no, go ahead. The, the thing that I don't understand about DeAndre Ayton, if you've watched the last, I don't know, call it, let's call it four NBA postseasons. Yeah. We, got, we just watched a guy who Terrence Mann played him off the court. You know, he didn't play it off the court in the second in the second round of the playoffs. Rudy Gobert move for what you just said the maximum allowable first round, pick. like you know, for for a massive deal that has completely halted NBA trade, NBA free agency, so on and so forth. DeAndre Ayton to me is the only big guy, or one of the only few big guys that can that doesn't get played off the court. Seems like he's a good offensive option. His jump shot's not completely and totally broken. You don't mind passing the ball to him. He doesn't get the opportunity to do too many one-on-one things because of the nature of what the team that he's on, which is part of the consternation that he has. But I just can't understand why the market for him seemed to be so tepid. Across the board, there seems to be a situation as to whether or not he can finish the deal. He's a young guy. He's only 23. He's been around. I would just say that even though he's averaged a double-double for four NBA seasons, he's like 16 and 10, and he shot 64% from the field, he has a situation. I'm not so sure that Monty Williams has bought into him 100%. They had an exchange on the sidelines when he took him out with three minutes to go in the second half of Game 7. He didn't put him back in. Phoenix trailed by 38 points at the time, and Williams wouldn't address it. He said it's internal. That's code for we're having an issue. So I think I think he's in the doghouse. I mean, it seems big time in the doghouse, but I just feel like, you know, seven-footers don't grow on trees and especially oh, yeah. don't play too often in the playoffs. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me and Bernie Fratto in here. I'm Martin Weiss. And, and Bernie, we've been talking about the business of sport. And the business of sport has evolved over time. And one of the major evolutions in business in general and in the world in general, the Internet, social media, and so on and so forth. So now, you know, your favorite player tweets, you know, your, your team owner tweets, you know, your politician tweets. You're going to get it right there to your phone and you, everybody has an opinion. However... You know, we we see Jeannie Buss, you know, taking advantage of that right here, right now. She's she's tweeted uh, several times over the summer. She tweeted out she missed Kobe Bryant, as we all do. But you know, also 
talking today or talking recently rather about how you know it's it's going to be on the players. I want to guarantee a winning season. However, it's going to be on the players, the coaches, and general managers. And uh, and Bernie, you're saying that while this is a, a new way to deliver this type of information, this is an old habit or an old, or old play. You know, one of the things, Martin, I think we've all wondered is is what if we, we would have had Twitter back in the 80s and in the 70s? You know, how might Kareem Abdul – well, he's on Twitter now, but when they were players, how might a Michael Jordan have handled a Larry Bird, those types of things? We'll never really know, but it's how people communicate now. So Jeannie Buss, I want to draw a parallel because, as most folks know, having heard my show on Saturday nights, I was an intern at the Forum during Magic's rookie year. I spent about two and a half years there. I had full access – uh, you know, I Bernie, I, I thought I saw you in, in episode three, or was it four, of Winning Time? Was I eating a bunch of nachos with cheese on my face? <laughs> that was probably me. So the long and the short of it is, uh, Jerry Buss always had a very affable appearance. He was a great guy, but don't no one would ever underestimate his killer instinct. And so the long and the short of it is, Jeannie Buss is, is very much her father's daughter. And although she has sort of... You know, done a pretty good job of guiding this franchise with a hand guide instead of a whip the last eight years since Dr. Buss died, nine years, or maybe it's maybe 10 years now. However, she realizes that there's a legacy aspect here. The Lakers, like no other franchise in all sports that I can think of, Martin, are a, a franchise of eras. You've had the Chamberlain West era and Baylor. You had the Kareem Magic era. You had the Kobe Shaq era. Now you've got the LeBron era. And those eras are all known for their notoriety and the fact that they became the standard of which other teams measured their success. That has been handed off to the Golden State Warriors. She acknowledges that. She doesn't like that. So this statement she made the other day is all about accountability. And it really sort of surprised me when she basically said, hey, I've done my part. It's now up to Darvin Ham and the coaching staff, as well as LeBron James. It's up for you guys to deliver. We want to win a championship, but the first thing we got to do is get in the playoffs. And before we get in the playoffs, we want to see great Lakers basketball. So I think as a leader, it's her way of setting a tone publicly and saying, we're going to draw a line in the sand as to what happened last year, and we're going to only look forward. And there's going to be accountability. It was sort of an interesting play. I know this is on the heels of the tweet about Kobe a couple of weeks ago. That was around July 1st. I don't really know where to go with that. It's against a lot of practice psychology without a license. I'm not trying to sure what she was. I'm not really sure what she was trying to say. I know she clearly does miss Kobe. Some thought it was a shot of LeBron. I have no idea if that's the case at all. But to your point, Martin, what you are now seeing is Jeannie Buss flexing her muscle a little bit as a CEO, saying, "Okay, what worked in the past, or check that what we tolerated in the past, we're no longer going to tolerate." It sort of seems like it, that also could be happening in Brooklyn, but it, like you said, that's not a that's not a a franchise of errors. That's not a fran a ten pole NBA franchise, right? The Brooklyn Nets, if they folded and moved to I don't know Seattle, people in Brooklyn would be upset. But that's you know who I think people in Seattle would be much more happy. That would outweigh it, right? The Los Angeles Lakers are the show in town, right? It, the, the, even though there's oh, a, yeah. another major another major league team right now. Right across the hall, the Lakers are the show in town. And the conversation is not how good are the Clippers, but how bad are the Lakers, right? And the, the Clippers being good really just stands in, in, in defiance of the Lakers being so bad at the current moment in time. 
This is, you know, I'm fascinated to see the dichotomy because it's easy to say, you know, well, uh, you know, Jeannie Buss tweeted, I miss Ke- Ke- Kobe Bryant because it was a shot of LeBron, so on. I, I am of the Twitter, uh, the Chitter generation. Kevin Durant is a year older than me, and I feel that I vibe with him and the way that he. I, if I was a multi-millionaire, billionaire with you know all types of basketball success in my life, and people discuss me on a regular basis as like he did, I feel like I would tweet very similarly to him. Sometimes people just tweet because they feel like they want to tweet, and that could have been what she was saying with Kobe Bryant for sure. Mm-hmm. But what's fascinating to me is that the Lakers, while being a franchise of stars. Have always had, you know, the, 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 you say during the eras, they also had a star kind of in charge, right? You had, you had, you go from Pat Riley, you had to Phil Jackson, and obviously all under this, the guise of Jerry Buss. Who is the star? Who is, is Rob Palenka the type of guy, in your opinion, that is going to be the charismatic? Like, so somebody essentially has to say, I don't say has to say no to LeBron, but when if you're going to have this accountability, somebody's got to go and be account, hold people accountable. Who is it going to be in this Lakers current current structure? Well, at the risk of sounding like I'm skating the question, it's going to be by committee. It's certainly got to fall on LeBron. LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook here, and now he wants Kyrie here. It's certainly got to fall on Rob Palenka because he signs checks, and it's got to fall on Jeannie as well because she's enabled this. And I think she talked about in the tweet to Kobe how she's sad, how there really isn't the real strong backbone in the room that she could lean on. And although that's not a shot at anybody in particular, what she's essentially saying is somebody has to step up. Props to Danny Gradio, who reminded me that Mark Medina, who will come on in about an hour, he wrote an article about Jeannie Buss in her comments, and he did an interview with her here at the Summer League. So we'll address some of those situations. But the subtext of the article that I read that Mark Medina did was that although Jeannie Buss is in charge, she's still giving autonomy to her team and of executives around her as it has to do with the draft, as it has to do with trades, as it has to do with Darvin Ham and the autonomy he has to make decisions on the floor about combinations, rotations, things of that nature. Jerry Buss always let people do his job. Jerry West always let people do his job. Everybody forgets West took over as GM in 1982, went on to win four of those championships under his guidance. So what Jeannie Buss is essentially doing is saying, I've given you what you've asked for. Now you've got to step up. The difference is I'm going to be just a little bit more vocal. There's going to be a little bit more accountability. And, yeah, I'm sad. We don't have Kobe in the room. And the truth of the matter is we have to try to cobble those relationships like her father had with Magic and like Phil Jackson had with the players and to a degree how Kobe had with everybody within the organization. Jeannie knows she can't do it alone, and I think it's a bit of a cry for help. Well, Jeannie said, look, I have given you the keys. You have all the groceries. I need a solid meal. However, there's one executive in the NBA who has made it much more difficult for the Rob Palinkas of the world to wheel and deal like Jeannie wants them to. We'll get to more of that next on the Yacht Couple, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Not going to lie. That threw me for a curve. I was not prepared. Yes, sir. I feel like I just got Rick rolled in general. In the best way. <laughs> I'm about a little mashup there. Welcome to the Odd Couple. How about it, baby? I'm Martin Weiss, joined with Bernie Frado and Rick Astley with the remix. I love it. DJ Alex living up to the name. Okay, all right. 
I like it a lot. Bernie, we were just talking about Jeannie Buss and the Lakers and the landscape of the NBA and how, you know, hey, she, she said it. You guys got the keys. You got the groceries. You get. You guys are in charge. Let's make it happen. But now I'm ruling with a little bit more of an iron fist. I'm paying a little bit more of attention as to what's going on. Now, you know, you're in Vegas right now. The entire NBA is in Vegas right now. There's one guy walking around, the big high roller. There's one guy. I'm, you've been there before. You hit that big parlay. You know what I'm saying? You get that big underdog winner, and you're walking around. You walk up to the ticket counter, and you're like, yes, sir. That is me. Please give me what you owe. <laughs> that man right now walking around, his name is Danny Ainge because for the second time in 20 years, he has completely readjusted the entire way the NBA is doing trades because he got four picks for what and who? Rudy Gobert. It's the second time. I mean, he did it with he did it with the Celtics. Now he's doing it with the Jazz. He's got Donovan Mitchell. He's dangling that trade piece out. He's got the Bernie. He's got the New York Knicks willing to give it all up. For Donovan Mitchell, and it's just a, a master class in trading, and it's just—it's uh, a fascinating way to play the business to, to play the business side of this game. Well, I think Danny Ainge has proven he's the OG when it comes to wheeling and dealing. Now, it didn't quite work in Boston, but it wasn't not for not trying. I think if you're a Utah Jazz fan, you can roll with the assumption that they're going to be heading into full rebuild mode very soon, and white you know might look a little uncertain on the Jazz front here in the next couple of years, but already Danny Ainge has plenty of draft capital to build a brand-new era of Jazz basketball. He held up uh, you know, the Timberwolves for five draft picks on their, in, the, in their Rudy Gobert trade, and now it's probably not too dissimilar as to what he's going to get for Donovan Mitchell. And, and by the way, it's not just Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz have plenty of valuable veteran assets they could trade those for more assets or more draft picks. You got Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, Rudy Gay. How about Bojan Bogdanovich? So there are other great players on contending teams that would be willing to, you know, go to Utah for a chance at contention if they can put that together. Now, why do I say this? Look, you only need to look back in history. You just said it, Martin. Danny Ainge built the whole Celtics team from the ground up. But along the way, he still made some controversial trades. I'm sure people have already forgotten. He traded Isaiah Thomas to the Cleveland Cavaliers for, wait for it, Kyrie Irving. And at the time, it was not viewed as a popular move by Celtics fans. Why? Because the fans loved Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you, and it was, and not only just did they love him, you had the whole his, his sister had just passed away. He played through on a hurt hip, and then all of that, he traded Jay Crowder in the same trade, who also had a death in the family at the same time. So it was very a, a very uh, a numbers and sense move, but not one that uh, you know no one was hugging each other after that. No. was got done. No, and if you look at the psychodynamic between, if you compare Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving, like the caller said, Kyrie Irving's like a timeshare. Look, Isaiah Thomas was very loyal. He was a very loyal player to the city and the Boston Celtics. He was a leader. Let's not forget, Isaiah Thomas was a key cog in a team that got the two straight conference finals. So Danny Ainge, in addition to wheeling and dealing for draft picks, draft capital, He's not willing to trade certain players and make controversial moves, but they don't always work. But here's the situation. Again, let's go back and look at history, get out the hot tub time machine. Between 2014 and 2019, Danny Ainge was able to accrue an incredible amount of draft picks, 18, 
18. Mm-hmm. And in those draft picks, and this isn't always so easy to do, the Celtics put together for their starting five in this latest, in this finals appearance that we just saw in June. Four of those five players were drafted by Danny Ainge in that five-year spot. So when you look at the assets that Danny Ainge received – while running the Celtics, that gave him the flexibility to build a young contender and build a future. And, so there you have it. And when you look at, you know, you look at the both the teams in the finals, that's eight off my count of starters that were drafted by the team that were playing major minutes, like like foundational rotation players that were playing major minutes for the teams that drafted them. And with Danny Ainge, a lot of it was the deals that he didn't make, right? He didn't go get Anthony Davis. In retrospect, that looks, even though he's no longer in Boston, it still looks great when you look at this foundation that he built with Boston. And you got to think, he's looking to try to build that again. And I maybe, just maybe the Brooklyn Nets may be the opportunity for him to do it again. What I find fascinating, I don't feel a lot of people are talking about, and I think it could happen. Brent Simmons is kind of a holdup in this Kevin Durant move. I wouldn't be shocked to see Utah, a team like Utah take him on, a team that's not trying to win. If he doesn't play, fine. We won't have him. And if he does play, you know, and it, it, either he boosts his trade value and you trade him at the deadline for a team that's trying to contend because he's he, that, that's the way that teams would view him. Or, you know, he's, he's no, he, he doesn't, he plays and it doesn't turn out that well and you're right in the same place anyway. And you have this big old salary that at the end of the time, when it's time to dump it, you can dump it and try to make another, more moves with that. Well, in the way Stockton Malone never quite worked out, although they were always competitive. Mitchell and Gobert, that was an era. The Jazz basketball had a nice run. They won a lot of games. They had a lot of memorable moments, but they never got a championship. And Danny Ainge wants to win a championship. And, I mean, the at the, the way the league is set up, even though the, the, the Ottery Lodge are way different and it's not so much tanking, it's not that much uh, uh, in favor as, as it used to be. I mean, there's going to be a ton of opportunity, and this draft coming up is loaded. More on the Odd Couple coming up next with Martin and Bernie Fratto. Martin Weiss, Bernie Fratto, hosting the Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.